Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is January 17, and our scripture chapter today is Genesis chapter 28. Now, today we're going to look at a very familiar passage of scripture that has been told, handed down from generation to generation through the scriptures, of the story of Jacob's Ladder. You start reading this and immediately your mind reflects back to Isaac and Abraham, where Abraham sent his trusted servant, Eliezer, to go to his ancestry, the land of his birth, and bring back a bride for Isaac because he did not want to mix and mingle with the Canaanite people and their culture as a sojourner and a pilgrim there in the their land. He was a stranger and a foreigner. Yes, the land had been promised to him by God, but not yet given and claimed. So the Bible says in chapter 28 of Genesis, then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, you shall not, you shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise and go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethuel. Remember, we have seen this before because Rebekah and Laban were children here and your mother's father. Take yourself a wife from there of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. You see, all of this was known. And Isaac said, hey, it's work for me. It'll work for you. It worked for my father and it will work for you. So please do not tarry here, but take off. And he said, may God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply. This is a blessing. Oh, my. Let me parenthetically say, fathers, bless your children every opportunity you get verbally openly bless them it seems like many times the only thing they hear out of our mouths is don't or you did this or you did that look for ways to bless mothers look for ways to bless that you may be an assembly of peoples and give you the blessing of abraham this was the passing down of this that's going to be formalized in this chapter again by god himself to jacob and give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your descendants with you, that you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger, which God gave to Abraham. So he takes off. And then you have in verse six, the parenthetical statement of Esau and his rebellion and his spite toward his parents and toward Jacob. And if you listen to the last podcast, remember Esau's heart that God had already revealed. He was wicked to the core and now he's doing everything to spite his parents and spite those around him, even to the point of marrying somebody just to spite somebody. And that's how he was. So Jacob now is on his way to Badan Aram, which is Aram would have been 500 miles at least from where he was. And so he started out and after his journey, he had just gotten through Hebron. He had now passed what's Bethlehem, Jerusalem, and he has made his way 
to Bethel. Now, Jacob went out from Beersheba, which is in the south at the end of the patriarchal highway in the Negev, went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and he put it as his head and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to the heaven, and there angels of God were ascending and descending. Notice the ascending. They're coming down before they're going back up, because that's their origin. And behold, Hashem, behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Here it is, the passing on of the covenant to Abraham, Isaac, now to Jacob. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, like the sand on the seashore, like the dust that we walk on. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and the north and the south. Has that happened? Oh, my. Just in the Mesopotamia area, just in the Near East, the Middle East? Absolutely not. North, south, east, west. Jews are all over the world today, the Hebrew people. And he said, and in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. There is that messianic promise. Behold, I am with you. What a word. And will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. This is God's promise. And I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. And so Jacob woke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, Bethel, and this is the gate of heaven. Now, that's an interesting phrase. Where was he going? He was going back to Mesopotamia, where Abram came from. He's going back to his ancestry. Well, what was back there? Well, at the lower end of the Mesopotamia is Babel. The Tower of Babel, it's still known as Babylon in the Tanakh. It is known as Baghdad today, but that whole area, which is modern-day Iraq and eastern Syria and the area that in American life where many of our sons and daughters and uncles and brothers and sisters and daddies have fought, it is in that area there that he was going back. So Babel... The Tower of Babel that is mentioned back in the book of Genesis chapter 11, where God confounded their speech and confused and mixed the language, and then they scattered abroad. God then split the earth during the days of Peleg. He split the earth. He divided the continents after the people had spread out, and that's in a previous podcast. But verse 9 says, therefore, its name, that is this city, this tower that they were building, was called Babel. Now, if you'll recall, in Hebrew, means mixed or confused. But in Akkadian, in the language that preceded Hebrew, the Babylonian Akkadian, Akkadian languages, this word is Bab Elim, which means the gate of God. Bab is the gate. Elim is the word for the ancient word for God. Babalim is the gate of God. This is the very, the very word that Jacob used. Now, is that coincidence? I think not. You see, these people were trying to get to God their own way. 
And they said, this is the center of the universe. This is the center of where it all happened. And by the way, Jacob is now in the heart of the promised land. He is in the heart of Canaan. He is in the heart of the very place not far from Jerusalem, not far from the modern eternal capital of the Jews, but he's also not far from Shiloh, which was the first capital of the Jewish people in the land, and it was the capital for 369 years. And so here is Jacob right in the sweet spot, and God said, it's not there that is the gateway to God, it is here. Why? Because that's where the Son of God would one day walk, live a perfect life, and die as a substitute for man's sins. This is none other than the gateway of God. That's what he said. And indeed, God was saying, here is where the covenant will be renewed. Now, what am I saying? Just exactly what the Bible says, that it was here that Jacob vowed to God and said, I hear what you're saying. I want you to know that as we walk together, when I come back to this land, I'm going to honor you. When you bring me back, I'm going to honor you. And indeed, he did. Jacob's life was not perfect. It was not many times the epitome of what we would think of a man of God, but he was a man that sought God, and God had chosen him, heard him, favored him, blessed him. After all, isn't that what God does in our lives? And so this Bethel, this house of God, was the gateway to God. It was not in Babylon, but no, it was in the land of promise. Now, if it just stopped there, that'd be one thing, but it doesn't. I'm not even sure that this was not in the land itself, maybe not ancient Bethel as his father Abraham, but this could have been the house of God, Moriah. No one knows exactly where this is. He just said this is the house of God. Could it have been that he is not at ancient Bethel where Abraham built an altar? But on his way up that patriarchal highway, he stopped at that great threshing floor there. And if you could see the topography that we are allowed to know now that Mount Moriah was the place where God would be seen. Could this be the place where Adam was created? Could this be the place that then later Melchizedek lived and went out into the Kingsdale, into the Kidron Valley and met Abraham and Abraham sacrificed there? Could it be that this is the place that God said, take your son, your beloved son, Isaac, back to Moriah, where it all began? And there I will show myself to you and I will show you that I see everything and that I provide. Could it be that now Abraham's grandson, Jacob, is on his way out of the land and God said, I'm going to bring you back here because this is the house of God. Could he have been at Moriah? No one says that he was at Bethel. I'm just telling you that because that is where most of you, that's where your mind would have gone because when he said the house of God, this is Bethel, you're thinking about the place that Abraham was. It could have been, but the term Bethel, Bethel is not just for that place. There are several Bethels. There are why? Because God meets people in different places. And could this be Bethel, the house of God, the gateway to God, which is not Babylon, which is the second most mentioned city in the scripture behind what? Behind Jerusalem. What's at Jerusalem? It is Moriah. 
Could it be that he was actually on Mount Moriah? And God said, this is the gateway, not Babylon. When you look in the book of Revelation and the great destruction of Babylon, that's where all evil is going to take place. Could it have been actually Babylon? People ask me all the time, do you believe that Babylon in the book of Revelation is actually Babylon or Rome or Washington or New York? Or I believe it's Babylon. Why? Because it is the seat of all evil has been from the beginning of time. And I believe it will be. You see, uh, history has a way of coming back full circle. It started there. It's going to end there with the destruction of Babylon and the exaltation of Moriah or Jerusalem. And I believe that's where the house of God was. I believe that's where it all started. That's where it's all going to end. That's where Jesus is going to rule from. Remember, I told you in chapter 22 that Moriah, the place where God will show up, the place where God will be seen, is the most important piece of real estate on the earth. Well, I believe that's not just because of the Jewish tradition that that's where Adam was created on the foundation stone, but I believe that is where the house of God called heaven, that 1,500-mile cube, will come down and sit on because that is the very dwelling place of God. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.